Creative Studio Academy, Semester 1, Session 7. Daniel J. Lewis shares how to properly deal with assumptions. Welcome to the Creative Studio Academy. This is the podcast to help you learn and explore how you can start and improve your skills with online content creation. My name is Joshua Rivers, and I will be your guide on this journey. I'm definitely thankful for you to be able to come on to kind of tackle some of these assumptions. And so you've gone into great detail over the last couple months on your own podcast covering them. Uh, But we're just going to kind of take a skimming overview of the different things there. But before we do that, why don't you go ahead and kind of let everybody know a little bit of how you got started with blogging and podcasting. Well, blogging was always and is still to this day a hard thing for me to keep up with. So I can't really point it back to a moment where I started on blogging other than just discovering, hey, I could have a website and I could write stuff on it. And I thought, well, I'm going to write articles instead of blog posts. I'm not going to blog about my day. I'm going to write articles, content that people will be interested in. And even still on my personal blog at danieljlewis.net, that's still what I do is I try to blog stuff that other people would find interesting and helpful instead of just like my daily life. And that kind of started with just realizing, well, WordPress looks pretty easy. I think I'll try this. It's free. And I got to know that a little bit. Also played with Drupal a little bit back then, but that ties in a little bit with how I got started with podcasting. And that was that in 2005, when Apple announced that you would be able to subscribe to podcasts in iTunes, That was really amazing to me. And a lot of people were saying stuff like, wow, this is so cool. iTunes is now supporting podcasts. I had no idea what podcasts were, but I knew it was content that you could find on certain topics. So I just typed in technology and I found This Week in Tech and Jesus Geek. And I listened to those podcasts and I didn't have an iPod or any kind of mobile device. Smart devices didn't really exist back then, like smartphones. I had a PDA. And I had a laptop computer. And what I would actually do is I would take my laptop computer into the car and play a podcast on iTunes through my laptop computer. Not exactly the safest thing, but (laughs) I was listening to like This Week in Tech and I heard that here these guys are calling in on Skype. They're posting these things to our uh, website and they're editing the audio in some way, mixing some music in and other intros and bumpers. And I realized I can do this stuff. I know how to do this. I know how to edit. I use this program called Audacity. I've used it before. I know how to put stuff on a website. I know a little bit about RSS. So I decided I want to do a podcast. And then it was sometime in, I think, 2006 or so that I learned about a podcast called You Suck at Web Design that has since retired. I don't think you can even download the original episodes, but it gave me a model of a way that I could podcast with my comedy stories that I wanted to tell. And so I started the Ramen Noodle Clean Comedy Podcast back in 2007 and really struggled for the first two years until I decided to take it consistently seriously and 
do it on a regular basis every week. And that's when I really started to advance more in podcasting in 2009. So as you got started, what was uh, one of the biggest obstacles that you faced? And then how did you overcome it? Oh, the work that it took to put out an episode with the ramen noodle. It was a scripted show. That was the model that I saw. And I enjoyed it kind of at that point where I could then write a story, elaborate on it. But it would take me so many hours to write a script. And the goal was a 15-minute episode. So it would take me hours and hours of work for a 15-minute episode. And then when I would perform the script back, that would take hours and hours to record because I'd want to get it verbatim. And if I made any slip, then I'd have to redo that paragraph. And if I realized that I needed to adjust the story a little bit or something else would come across better, then I'd have to adjust that, update my transcript. It took a lot of work. And then the editing of it afterward, because it was scripted, the edited version needed to sound like the written version. So I had to do all of this editing. So it was the amount of work I was doing that made this so difficult to get over and get those first few episodes out. So I I was trying to be too much of a perfectionist. Okay, so um, so how did you start to be able to overcome... Uh, those tendencies. I was listening to other podcasters in 2009 and starting to hear many different methods of podcasting. And I could hear how a lot of podcasters were really good at just speaking naturally. They had a plan of what they would cover, but it wasn't following a script and it worked really well for them. It sounded very natural and it was clearly uh, less work to make it perfect. So I decided in late 2009 that that's what the ramen noodle would be, is it would be unscripted, it would be more natural, more flowing, and also I decided, and I don't really recommend this, but I decided to live stream it so that I would have an audience relying on my being there at a certain time every week with new content. And I realized the content might not always be good, it might not always be the funniest, but I will be there and I will try to consistently produce content. And that's what it took for me is basically scheduling it into my life to become consistent and recognizing that it didn't have to be perfect. Now, kind of getting back to the challenging the podcasting assumptions miniseries that you went through, a general theme that runs throughout all of those episodes is that none of them are really, quote unquote, necessary to have a podcast. So what is the reason that you went into so much detail about each topic anyway as you were going through them well there are a lot of things where people will say i have to do this or they'll start a podcast saying i don't have to do this and i wanted to bring more truth to the industry and talk about some of these details and say yeah it's true you don't have to do these things but if you want to have a successful podcast if you want your podcast to grow if you want more influence then these are things you should do, but you just don't have to do. So it gave me an opportunity to go back and reapproach certain basics and also reevaluate things, including some of the ways that I do things and advice that I've been giving to see, does this stuff still stand up? Because podcasting is very different today than it was several years ago. Now, there's another podcast that uh, you're involved with called the uh, podcasters roundtable and uh, i know there's the recent episode where they covered uh, 
kind of a, a similar thing as far as rules to podcasting and so forth. Um, were, were you able to be part of that when I wasn't able to listen? We talked about some of the best practices of podcasting. and That's what it was. Yeah, and we got into certain details. Some of it was technical. Some of it was more principle-related. Certain technical things like you must have an RSS feed to podcast. That's that's a mandatory thing because it's not a podcast unless it has RSS. But then there were other principle things, too, that we talked about that it, it was a great conversation. We didn't get very detailed in some of the things, but we addressed certain things like, do you need ID3 tags? And uh, sh should you be doing MP3? Or should you even be doing audio? Or should you be doing video? And some of that. And it was fun to discuss that then with others that have different experience and backgrounds. Okay. Yeah, I, I was hoping to be able to get that, but unfortunately it was the lie part was at a time that I couldn't make it. Well, that's good. I definitely, uh, at the time that we're recording this, it's uh, not out yet, at least not that I saw. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that, and I'm going to have a link to that episode in the show notes when it comes available, because I think it uh, kind of runs parallel to uh, some of the things that we're talking about. Uh, now, coming back to those podcasting assumptions, what are two or three of the big takeaways that you've gotten from going through all those different topics that you covered? One of the biggest things that will affect the way I do podcasting in the future is how I give links to my show notes because what I've been doing, and I still recommend this in certain cases, is I would use the episode number as the link for my show notes. So I would say the audacity to podcast.com slash 72. But now with almost 200 episodes out, it's difficult for me to remember what episode was what topic when there are certain episodes that I need to link to for people. So I have to go search my website and grab the link from my website. And I don't want to have to do that. And I also realize that also indicates that it's not as usable to my audience because my audience may not remember what episode number I'm on. So they won't be able to get the helpful information from my website unless they go to my website. And it happens to be at a time when that episode is near the top of my posts. Or if they search the website, and I hate asking people to search for things, I'd rather give them a direct link. So what I've decided to do is, as much as possible, make a keyword-based link to my show notes, which also makes it a little more timeless as well. For example, with episode 72 of the Audacity to Podcast, that's an episode that I've linked to many times and reference and comments and emails. It's where I gave a tutorial on how to set up PowerPress on your WordPress website. It's a bit outdated now because the PowerPress system has changed a little bit. But instead of telling everyone, visit the audacitypodcast.com slash 72, what I've started doing is telling them, visit the audacitypodcast.com slash PowerPress. So that makes a keyword-based URL and then what I can do is if the information changes, like I plan for it to change eventually, I can change that link without breaking the canon of my episodes. So it's not like I have to make slash 72 point to something else. I make slash PowerPress point to the latest information. Slash 72 still goes directly to episode 72 in case people are looking for that specific episode. But it makes it more flexible, and I think it makes it more memorable as people don't have to remember episode numbers. They just remember the topic that I addressed. And as long as I pick a keyword that fits, then it works well for them. So um, 
so with that, you, you mentioned about changing where that um, link goes to. Can you tell us how you do that, what you use to be able to change where that directs to? Yeah, there are two different plugins out now that you can do this. Uh, one is, I think, better in some ways, and that's Better Links Pro, but it's not quite the replacement of what I'm currently using. So for now, I still recommend Pretty Link Pro. And the reason why I recommend the Pro version is because it adds an extra option to my post editor. So what both of these plugins do is they're designed to allow me to make my own links. So I can make slash PowerPress, point to slash TAP072, how to set up PowerPress for your WordPress website and with hyphens all in that. So I can make friendly URLs that way. And the pro version allows me of Pretty Link at least. And eventually Better Links Pro will probably offer this as well. But uh, the pro version of Pretty Link Pro puts that little box right on my post editor page. So if I want to create a friendly URL to that post, I can do it right there while I'm writing the post. I don't have to go somewhere else to create it. But for my additional links, since I'm now having two friendly links for every podcast episode I release, I create one there on the post page. And then the other I create by going into the tool, either Pretty Link Pro or Better Links Pro. And then I create an additional link to that page. So I'll have a slash 72 link to episode 72 and a slash PowerPress link. I also use that for affiliate links. And it's it's a great tool to be able to easily, quickly link to anything on your website or to other websites as well. So I can say the audacity to podcast.com slash Bluehost. And that's my affiliate link to Bluehost or anything like that. So it's easy for me to say in the podcast, easy for me to remember and easy for my users as well. Very good. Now, are there any other takeaways that you got from going through the series or was that the really big one that stood out to you? There's some other things that I've realized that I'm not quite doing as well, like some certain podcast search engine optimization techniques that I'm not using as well, especially when it comes to social networks like Twitter cards and Facebook metadata and certain other tools that I could implement on my site. And there are some things with editing my podcast too. When I talked about, do you really need to edit your podcast and what about maintaining authenticity? I'm now having the Audacity to Podcast edited by someone else. And that's because what I was doing before is I would only mark the spots, the catastrophic spots where I knew something messed up, I stumbled over a word or uh, something there where I didn't want to just correct it and keep moving like a pianist might, uh, or well, not even like a pianist might, but uh, just, just correct it and keep the flow going. Two, there were moments where something horrible would happen, a, a sound, a doorbell ring, or I lost my train of thought and a definite spot where it would need to be edited. I would go and I would edit just those spots. And it would take me 15, 20 minutes to do that afterward. But I was realizing that I really want my presentation to flow a little bit better, needs a little bit more editing, and I don't want to be so distracted that I have to mark all of these places and then go back and edit them. So I already had an editor working on some of my other podcasts, my Once Upon a Time podcast and Clean Comedy podcast. 
So I've had him start working on the Audacity to podcast too, and it gives me a bit more freedom so that if I say something and it wasn't quite like if it's a, it communicates 75% of what I meant. Now I can know in my mind, okay, yeah, that communicated mostly, but I really think I could say this better. So I just, I pause and I say it a better way. And I know then that I'm not creating more work for myself because I'm having someone else edit this for me. So my perspective thereon has changed a little bit because now I am having myself edited more, but I'm not doing it so much myself. And the idea is not to have a perfect product in the end, but a product that communicates just a little bit better and is a little bit less work for me since I'm not the one doing the editing. Now, you've given a lot of good things already, but the person that's listening to this is someone that is either thinking about getting started with blogging or podcasting, or they've gotten started, but they need some help kind of get going. So what would be some tips that you would direct, especially for someone in that kind of situation? I think every podcast, anything that you're going to do on the internet needs to start with a plan, but balance that with just do it. It's really a two-sided coin that don't wait to be perfect. That'll paralyze you. You'll never get started if you're trying to be perfect. So to you, I, to that person, I say, just do it. But before you just do it, you need to have some kind of plan, even if it's just a basic list, a bullet point list of these are the topics I'm going to cover, or these are the stories I want to tell, or these are the people I want to interview. It doesn't have to be scripted out, outlined for every one of those, but know at least what you want your first 10 episodes to be. So that way, when you start, you know the direction you're going with your content, whether it's a blog or a podcast, and you can tease in each episode, hey, this is coming up. I'd love your feedback, or please answer this question so I can include it in my next episode. Or uh, you can also know how stuff fits in, time stuff well with each other. Like maybe you have a gratefulness kind of episode and that can time well to go long near Thanksgiving. But starting out with a plan helps you to know on those days when you just don't feel inspired that you have something to fall back to. I did this with the Audacity to Podcast. I started with a list of about 35 different topics that I wanted to cover in individual episodes of the Audacity to Podcast. And that's a list that I have continuously added to since then. And I still haven't finished that list. There are still items on that original list that I haven't covered yet because I want to do more research. I'm waiting for certain things to level out in the industry or I haven't had the time to prepare for it yet. But I know every week if I feel like oh, I just don't know what I'm going to talk about, I just go back to my list and see, oh, yeah. I wanted to talk about these 20 or 30 other things that I haven't talked about yet and then develop those ideas. So it's it's a place where I can, and others who follow this method, you can just jot down an idea. Oh, I think I should do an episode about this someday. And then someday you'll be able to take that idea. So it's something that can keep you going with at least a minimal plan, but plan other ways too. What do you want from your podcast how do you want your podcast to help you and help other people or entertain people? And don't wait to be perfect. Just do it. Now, I know you have a lot of great things available. And so um, I actually here just uh, this year, the last couple of months and 
coming up here shortly, you got you're releasing a lot of things um, that are very beneficial to the podcasting community, especially, but then also can even uh, kind of parallel some of that to people that are blogging. And so I uh, want you to go ahead and share a little bit about some of those things as we wrap up and then uh, we'll come back with some final thoughts. Yeah, the first thing that I did last year was I created a WordPress plugin called Social Subscribe and Follow Icons. And it's a plugin designed to encourage people to, well, subscribe and follow you on social networks and these different uh, aspects. And I created it with podcasters in mind, but also bloggers, because the problem we have is we put things on our site, certain social buttons, and we like the way a certain button looks but then we want to link to something else and that button isn't there. So I wanted social subscribe and follow. It's not a social network sharing plugin, but it's more for encouraging people to subscribe and follow your content and you in different places. So for example, it has an iTunes icon that you can use to encourage people to subscribe to your podcast in iTunes. You can display that as either just an icon or a full button with special customized text on it. So that way, instead of people just going to your site and seeing some link somewhere that says iTunes or something, they see this nice, attractive button that scales beautifully on Retina displays because it's not just an image, it's a vector a graphic, which is completely different. And it's also really versatile. Bloggers can use it. Podcasters can use it. Like it has icons for Stitcher, TuneIn, Miro, iTunes, uh, iHeartRadio, Spreaker, Instagram, RSS, a podcast-only RSS icon, Facebook, Twitter, Google+, and a bunch of other icons. So there aren't, that I know still so far, there aren't any other plugins that have these collection of icons together that I think are the most popular. And then as customers request something, then I add that on the list to add as an additional icon for an additional network to support. So it's really designed for anyone with a website where they want people to either subscribe or follow them. Now you have some other things as well. You have your uh, podcast masterclass that you started. Um, why don't you go ahead and give a quick summary of what that is for us? Yeah, with the Audacity to Podcast, it started out being a podcast about podcasting. It's always been intended to be primarily a podcast about podcasting, but also had a lot of how-to information about Audacity. Since then, it's kind of changed to now what I want to help people do is launch and improve their podcasts. There are several courses out there people can take to learn how to podcast. And I didn't want to compete with these other great courses, but I did want to offer a course and offer some of my expertise. And I realized one of the areas where I'm really passionate is helping people improve their podcasts, make what they do even better. Look at Apple. That's one of their big successes is that they've very rarely invented an industry. They've taken an existing industry and innovated inside of it. Like tablet computers existed before the iPad, but they came out with the iPad and it made the industry so much better. So that's why I want to help podcasters do is find what they're doing and make it even better. So I created Podcast Masterclass for existing podcasters to take their podcast from average to amazing. It's for those who really want to be serious about their podcast. So it is a little bit expensive, but it contains hours and hours of training, some one-on-one -on -one coaching and some evaluation of a podcast to find out here are all the things you're doing well, here are the things you're not doing so well, and how can we fix these things for you? 
and that's at podcastmasterclass.com. And in addition to just a course that people can learn more about how to improve their podcast, I've been trying to make more resources to help them with that. And one is mypodcastreviews.com, where you receive automatic daily or monthly or weekly emails with your latest reviews of your podcast. So that way you don't have to go and check all the international listings for your podcast, but you get an automatic email that shows you how someone rated you, what country they're from, their name and their review. So you can thank them in your podcast and help your podcast grow that way by getting more reviews. And also um, my most recent launch is podcastplaces.com, which is going to be a resource for everywhere you and your podcast should be. Right now it contains all the apps and directories for podcasts. So you can see how you can get your podcast in a particular app and what apps are available on certain platforms like Android or BlackBerry. There are more podcast apps available on BlackBerry than I realized after I created this resource. And it will also be a list for places uh, like podcast communities or podcast conferences and sessions and podcasts about podcasting or blogs about podcasting. So it's everywhere you and your podcast should be. And that's at podcastplaces.com. And then most of the free content that I produce, as well as my consulting of services, are available through the audacity to podcast.com. Okay, as we wrap up, is there any final words of wisdom that you'd like to uh, leave the person that's listening to us? Yeah, if you're thinking about making any content on the internet, whether it's YouTube videos, podcast audio or video podcast, or blogs, or anything on the internet, think about how you can make it either helpful or entertaining because that's what people on the internet want. They want to be helped with something or they want to be entertained. If you can do both of those together, that's awesome, but try to do one of those. And I think you'll see your content, your your platform grow a lot better as long as you are helpful and or entertaining. Well, I do hope you found this session to be helpful to you as you are thinking about getting into content creation or as you're starting it. And maybe you haven't started a podcast, but maybe you're thinking about it, or maybe this helped to kind of poke you in that direction. And so either way, I hope that all of it was uh, very entertaining to you as well. I do hope that you would go to the show notes. You can go to that at creativestudio.academy slash one dash seven for semester one, session seven. And that can take you to the show notes there to where you'll have the notes available to you, as well as all the links that we talked about in the episode. And that'll make it easy for you to be able to get those resources. And so highly recommend that you would listen to Daniel's podcast, Audacity to Podcast. And so you can be able to do that and that can help you. Again, he was one of the three main people I listened to um, as far as podcasting about podcasting. And so he was very, um, very helpful to me as I got started. And so definitely thankful for that. And I believe that's all that we have for today. So go ahead, go to the show notes and you can be able to leave your comments, your questions, your uh, concerns. There's also all the other pertinent links that you would need to be able to take action on any of the things here. And then also, I would encourage you to sign up for the newsletter. There's going to be some great things coming out 
on that here in the very near future. I'm looking forward to being able to provide those. And so take advantage of that if you would there on the website as well. Thanks again for listening, and we will see you next session.